Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome to Outbound Metrics. Jeff Swan is the founder and head coach of Outbound SOS. Jeff helps sellers and sales leaders book 10 plus meetings a month with the Alfred Method, an outbound sales framework that focuses on the buyer, not the seller, to generate opportunities and drive revenue. Jeff, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Are you ready to dive in? I'm ready, Morgan. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Pleasure to have you on. How do you get results for the sellers that you coach? Yeah. So it, uh, what I do is actually, I go, I, I've been in the revenue business, you know, running sales marketing and sales development teams for about 16 years now in companies in high growth environments. So SaaS, CPaaS, infrastructure as a service, basically the, the, the types of companies that they have to move at the speed of light <laughs> just to succeed. Mm-hmm. Right. And the thing that I've learned consistently is that there's sales is a vital to the growth and vital to the success of these companies long-term but there's three primary problems that I, they come across on the sales teams that I see virtually everywhere. Number one is they don't know how to, where to start. So they don't know who to target and what to say and what kind of process they need to run. Then they don't know how to get enough conversations. As you can imagine, everybody in sales knows how to get some conversations, but it's a matter of getting enough to actually hit your revenue targets consistently. right? And then there's the challenge of some people have challenges of Okay, I've got a bunch of sales conversations, but I don't know how to turn them into meetings. What we do is we have a program that actually covers, solves for these three primary uh, challenges. And we teach people a proven methodology for each of those three things for how to, where to start, how to prioritize your outreach, how to, like, what exactly to say once you're talking to somebody, how to use phone, email, social media, video, all the cool tips and tricks out there to actually book. Uh, sales conversations or or have sales conversations and then book meetings from those. So manage objections, manage responses in a way that turns lookers and interested people into a meeting booked. So the way we do that is through an eight-week group program. It's a mix of online and group coaching where people go through and learn those different methodologies that I was just talking about. And then we give live advice like live role plays 
cold call role plays. We do email teardowns and social message teardowns and a whole bunch of different things where we're basically helping people optimize their prospecting while they're going while they're going through the program. Gotcha. And so are they are they bringing their own like whatever they're selling and their roles they're bringing that to the table when you're going through that or is it more of going through something more generic? No, they're bringing their own. Originally, and I'll, I'll just a quick background is I was originally working as a consultant for for years, and I was bringing the stuff to them. So I was I was doing custom work for them. But I recognized that the people that did the best were the ones that kind of took ownership of it and worked with me really closely, and ended up them being the ones that are building, you know, the messaging, the processes, that kind of stuff. So I recognized that teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a day. Or sorry, uh, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. You teach a man to fish, he's going to eat for a lifetime. And I kind of took that approach and went, I'm going to give people frameworks that they can use to adjust their messaging on the fly, adjust their processes on the fly, and their targeting. And wow, does it ever work way better, Morgan? <laughs> yeah. I always feel like the best way to learn is like working under somebody who's really good in your job uh, or at your company. But not everybody gets that, right? A lot of companies, a lot of new people, a lot of, especially in like high growth fields, like people are moving around a lot, whether inside the company or out. So it's tough to really get under somebody who can kind of show you those ropes, right? Exactly. Um, the game is sold, not told. So you're building this accelerator. Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're building this intensive eight-week program where you're pushing people through and they're working with you. Got it. So you're combining the, the coaching live and then online self-paced study. Exactly. And I'm, there is one element there because what you mentioned was exactly, it is basically an accelerator for sales reps mm -hmm. is I volunteered with a, a sales community for about a year where I was coaching people on how to just be better at outbound sales. And I recognized that a lot of their leaders were amazing switched on people that knew this stuff through and through as well as I do, but they didn't have the bandwidth. Yeah. Right. They didn't have the bandwidth to coach. Or like you mentioned, they might be there for the first three months of somebody's tenure and then poof, they get promoted or they go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then the person is kind of starting from square one again. I ended up having these long-term relationships. I built some amazing friendships, built, you know, my own team members, things like that from this community. And it was just amazing watching just that little tiny bit of mentorship, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of methodology work. Just one rep as an example was not even making booking two, three meetings a month from there within four weeks, hit her meetings quota. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like just because she actually had that. And like, I'm right now working with her boss and amazing person, but she just didn't have the bandwidth. She could right. not support her. You're so busy, like a sales manager or what have you, team lead is so busy working in it, the process, they can't really work on it with people, right? Exactly. Okay. Makes sense. Awesome. So we went through like how you get results. We went through like a high level of the Alfred method. And let's, you're talking about an individual seller. Let's put that in the context of a seller, of someone you've worked with in the past, kind of a case study style approach. Can you think of an example where, let's start with the industry the person was in, they were selling in and kind of get some background as what they were selling, that type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. So like, as I, as I mentioned, I work with people primarily in high growth environments. So you're going to see a lot of my customers are SaaS selling software mm -hmm. or something similar. The customer that I'm talking about is selling an actual software platform to improve efficiency on sales teams. I'm not going to get into details, but uh, you get the idea. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, effectively, a company, 
the, the problem that they solve is that when you're dealing with, when you're working in Salesforce, there's, have you worked with Salesforce, Morgan? Oh, yeah. Like a lot, probably, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like most sellers out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, so in, in Salesforce, you recognize when you have like Salesforce, a sales engagement platform, maybe a marketing automation tool, you have all these different databases all over the place, right? When And, and I've, I've spent a lot of time in the RevOps role as well. And trying to deal with all of those activities all at once, you really have to do monumental effort just to bring those things together. Mm-hmm. right? To have one consistent customer journey. And so this company solves for that. Got it. Okay. So they're bringing efficiency to sales. Are they selling to sales team or are they selling to like sales ops, rev ops teams? A little bit of both, a little bit of both. So they do an account-based strategy. They're going primarily for like enterprise accounts. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's more like for the sales teams, the hook is like sales managers get accurate data forecasting and like rev ops teams don't pull your hair out anymore with all this crazy data in Salesforce. Pretty much. And it's also about actionable data. So like giving the power at the hands of the thing at at the fingertips of the sales rep so that they can actually make the right decisions when they're talking about engaging people in and out of the funnel. Gotcha. And so Mm -hmm. who was there? Like lots of sales teams, lots of SaaS, who was their like kind of ideal customer? What stage of growth are they in? Yeah, that's a good question. So typically they're going to be in kind of that later stage, not not necessarily like in the downturn, but kind of in that just before the plateau. So they're they're larger companies, they're growing steadily, but not like crazy high digits. They're going to be probably a minimum of a thousand employees, but that's going to be like a small deal for them. They're looking at more like that 5,000, 10,000 employee company that have, again, like I was talking about, just these disparate systems, all these legacy systems that just have a lot of mess everywhere. Right. They kind of like need to get a hold of their data so they can keep growing. Exactly. Got it. Okay. And I imagine they're prospecting managers, directors in both those departments. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be prospecting starting at manager, but that's mm-hmm. going to be kind of like a lower level influencer for them. They're going to be looking mostly directors and up. Gotcha. But they're not going to hit the the C-suite as much because, so I shouldn't say uh, directors and not more like directors and VPs. People Mm -hmm. who are feeling more of the pain. That's right. Yeah. 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 Let's, before we go into like how you help them, let's talk talk about starting point. Where were they at with the amount of meetings they were generating? What kind of output, input and output were they getting? For sure. So they were doing, um, they had one SDR, an AE, and I believe an account manager at the time when they started. And the SDR was responsible for pipeline. They did have probably half of their pipeline was was brought in by marketing. So they actually had like a funnel already. And what they were doing was trying to tap into those most profitable customers that they had and just get more of them in the funnel. Because as I'm sure you're aware, is that if you rely on inbound only, you're kind of waiting for those A-list customers, Mm -hmm. right? And they might come in droves or they might not come for a month. A lot of people want to invest in sales development so that they can kind of level out that growth curve and get the right people in their in their funnel. At the time, they were relatively new to sales development. Again, like the boss there, she knew her stuff, but didn't have the bandwidth to actually do it herself. So she ended up expanding her team and, and hiring uh, some reps. And so they had the AE and the SDR actually both doing pipeline. Of course, the SDR was doing every single day trying to fill her funnel, that kind of thing. And she's only booking about two to four meetings a month, something like that. So it was just like that on that cusp of like barely making an impact, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two to four meetings a month. 
And the, so the sales team was three, four or three or four. Yeah. yeah SCR, four SCRAE account manager and then a sales manager. Okay. That's right. How many, do you know around about how many people in the company total? Just curious. Like, I think it was about 30. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So like a small startup. That's small and kind of early stage type of thing. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So in marketing DNA, sounds like it's in there just starting in outbound sales. Exactly. Very cool. Okay. Where do we go from here? Or where did you go from here with this, with this team? What did you like inventory and audit? So one of the key things that was uh, their, their major issue was that second point that, that I was telling you about, that second challenge of not booking enough conversations. So there was a lot of activity and a lot of emails sent out, a lot of cold calls, a lot of you know social messages and all those things. But uh, the customer, or I guess the, the, the SDR was just getting, take me off your list. I'm all set. No, you know, all the, the all those super fun rejections that you'll yeah. have to get. <laughs> yeah. They're not getting enough conversations. Mm-hmm. And so what do you, when you look at what they're doing, what, what types of things are you noticing that are jump out at you? as like, this is not good. What I do is kind of like, have you ever done like sports therapy or anything? You mean like physical therapy? Yeah. Somewhat, somewhat, not from like a really bad injury, but somewhat. So I'm going to give you an analogy of how I look at sales teams mm-hmm. <laughs> because when I went to do physical therapy, cause I, I damaged my knee in kickboxing once and I just, I damaged my knee. So I went to a physical therapist and he asked me to just walk. So just walk. And so I would walk down, you know, five feet in front of him, And he would say, you're laboring here. Here's what the problem is. And boom, next thing you know, he knew exactly what the problem was. My IT band was, was no good. So he knew exactly where to fix it. Mm-hmm. And within a month of therapy, thanks to that diagnosis, I was able to actually go back to kickboxing. I was able to run on concrete again. And, you know, here I am as an athlete again. <laughs> right. So I'm telling you that is that I kind of have one of my superpowers is actually to assess sales teams of what they're doing in outbound based on the sequence that they have. I actually invite people to join me for a, a, a live sequence review where I review them live on the air. I usually, uh, last year, if you look at YouTube, there's a whole bunch of videos from me reviewing things live with, uh, with some special guests like Dale Dupree and Josh Braun, a whole bunch of really cool people. Mm-hmm. And we basically review the sequences. So with this person, with this company, I actually ended up reviewing their outbound sequence. And I recognized that there were a couple things in their messaging. So the, the core behind everything, something in their core messaging was off. And it indicated also that they might've been going after the wrong person. We identified those two things. And by fixing those two things, by again, going not the manager level, but up to that director level, and then adjusting the messaging to fit what they were talking about in their profiles, their LinkedIn profiles, talking about in their posts and, and that kind of stuff, we were able to adjust their messaging and give them a much better framework for reaching out. And then I also leveraged uh, our proprietary uh, methodology here, the Alfred method, and identified a touch pattern and the channels to help them get significantly higher responses. And not just responses, but it wasn't that they got higher numbers because they did. It was more about the quality of the responses. Because the quality of the responses, instead of saying, I'm all set, I'm good, not interested, that kind of thing. It was more of, hey, you know what? This might not be the right time for me, but I want to learn more. Or let's have that call, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I found that consistently, and just as a side note, 
most times when I review sequences, those are the two problems that I come up, come across. A lot of people think they need a better methodology. They need more touches or less touches or this or that, whatever, more technology. It's a lot more to do with who you're targeting and what problem you're solving mm-hmm. that has a significant impact on what you actually accomplish. Yeah, I totally agree. I see it as like this pyramid. And if you cut it horizontally in two sections at the bottom or from the bottom up is like targeting offer and then copy or message, whatever you say in your phone or, you know, and yeah. so it's like the, who you're targeting matters the most, right? Who you're, who that audience is. And then you map that offer to that audience and then you layer in, you know, here's how we can put in some copywriting type stuff to, to do that. So I, I totally exactly. agree with that. For that core messaging, were they were they like all product focused and not problem? Was a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you knew it. You knew yeah. exactly it, right? Like yep. um, one of the core programs. Right. Yeah, no, you got <laughs> it. Like <laughs> one of the sections of my program is actually uh, teaching reply worthy emails. And the first thing we talk about is show me you know me. You know, it ain't about me, it ain't about you, it's about me. I'm the prospect, it ain't about you, it's about me. So show me you know me. Show me that you understand and empathize with what I'm all about. And that's going to make a significant impact on your ability to actually get an action out of me. Yeah. And so that and the Alfred method has like, okay, you, you know the core information about what you, you have to show me, you know me, raw stuff. Here's how you write, layer it in, write it in. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And I want to get into that, but I do want to ask that. So the targeting, we talked about core messaging, the targeting director instead of manager. What was the nuance there? Was it, was it, I'll let you answer, but what was like that nuance of where you knew like, huh, you should go level up instead of these managers? It was actually just in the quality of the responses. Like, I'm sure you've worked with different people of, of different levels of an organization. You can see with how people are responding back to you, whether they actually have authority whether they have engagement. And so these people might have been feeling the pain, but I don't know if they really grasp the concept of the weight of the pain. I believe in their particular uh, company is that it's really difficult for people kind of closer down to the weeds to understand the macro view of how the data is a problem, right? Because remember, this company was selling a data solution effectively, right? It's really, I found it difficult in the way they were responsed they responded. They just weren't indicating that they even understood the problems that uh, my uh, my client was talking about. Okay, I got you. So it's like the managers are they're at a level where they're pretty much just executing. They're not involved in that strategic. Of course, it differs, but they're not involved in that strategic approach and like understanding the why is happening. Did you make that guess based on just your prior experience, or did you see in the data, like, huh, people with these types of titles are responding differently than managers. It was more of the data. Well, it, it was the experience because I knew how to read the data mm-hmm. <laughs> because I recognized that if, when we're prospecting to, when my client was prospecting to the managers, they were getting mostly negative and okay. not even full negative responses, right? It was just, no, take me off your list. Leave me alone. They weren't engaging at all. They weren't like understanding it in any way, shape or form. And when you saw like a director or VP respond, even if it was negative, it was more constructive. I'm going to say it has qualifying data back, right? Like our contract is up in eight months. Talk to me then that kind of thing. Right. Okay. Gave you more to like sink your teeth into. And it, it, 
indirectly said, okay, this person has some authority, understanding of the problem because they're responding in this way. Love exactly. Uh, let's talk about that construction of that like Alfred touch pattern and just yep. kind of like at a high level, what is that? And what is the why behind why you structure things that way? For sure. So remember, it's all about inspiring contacts, uh, like pro- uh, your buyers to want to ask you for the meeting. Mm-hmm. So instead of going, jumping right to the sell, which is, you know, as a salesperson, your, your knee jerk reaction is I got to fill my funnel. I got to eat at the end of the month. Let's go right to the pitch. Okay. Have you ever heard the term pitch slap before? Yeah. On LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. 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 The thing is, is that during COVID, as you saw the number of emails and social messages just ramp up like crazy. Suddenly when, uh, when everyone, some people were touting the pitch slap idea, connect and pitch, connect and pitch. Next thing you know, everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. So people got so annoyed so fast and we developed this like wall that whenever anybody connects with us and immediately tries to tell something about themselves, we get this wall up now. And a lot of people just unfriend, disconnect, that kind of thing. Taking my marketing experience and thinking about how people like to start actual relationships. So if you think back, when you started in sales, we were doing a lot more physical networking, shaking hands, going to events, going to conferences, that kind of stuff, taking a card. And you'd go out for lunch or dinner or drinks with people. And so you build these relationships. You might talk about business, but you're really building a relationship first, mm-hmm. right? How do you build a relationship with somebody you don't even know that you just met online? You do it through four stages. You start with connecting. So you connect on the social media channel of your choice, wherever your best fit buyer is, where they live, and where they actually care about, right? So where they're actually actively participating in. If your buyer is on LinkedIn, it's LinkedIn. If your buyer is on Instagram or TikTok, then go there. But connect with them there and make sure that they know you're connecting. So if you follow, engage with them, like, comment, share their stuff, what, whatever. Just make sure that they see you doing some type of engagement on social. Okay. The next thing you do is you want to give. So number two, it's connect, give, ask, and release. That's the four stages. Okay. So after you've connected with them and they see you and they know who you are, now it's time to give them something. So I like to call it a give. Super simple, I know. (laughs) A give is one of three things. It's either a free trial, something that somebody can try right away without signing up, without doing anything. They they can just try it. Second is insights. So some type of insight. Hey, I've discovered this thing that you might be interested in. I want to share it with you. Or three, a piece of content, like a free webinar invite or a training program or, or something like that, that they can consume on their own time. The motivating factor behind this is you have to be able to do, like the, your prospect has to be able to do whatever you give them to make progress in their day-to-day. Okay. So it's not good to just give them something entertaining, something funny, that's cool and everything. But if it's not moving the needle for them, as a give, it's not going to put enough value in their mind for you to want to engage further. What is the best give you've ever seen before? Oh, man. I'll give you one example. A good friend of mine, he scraped the internet and he sells to salespeople. So he scraped the internet and took a 5,000 accounts list 
with the CEO's name and number on it. He posted it up online and shared it with anybody who wanted it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So in his outreach, valuable. he would yeah, pretty valuable, right? Like mobile five thousand. What's that? Their mobile number? Not mobile numbers, but, but yeah, it was direct lines. Direct. It was direct lines. Yeah. 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 Either way, I mean, you know how much it costs for like Zoom info and stuff. Oh, yeah. For that, right? So imagine that I'm I'm trying to sell to you, and I give you a five thousand person contact list of the top accounts who are growing three hundred percent or more. You'd be like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, and you would socialize it, right? You'd be like, yeah. hey, at least if you know, she's selling the sales teams. Yeah, you know, that's a Slack message. Hey, check this out. Give this, yeah. you know, give people this internally. Exactly. Cool. Anything like? anecdotally happen with that that you noticed yeah i mean <laughs> big hearts that's all i gotta say big <laughs> hearts he is very well loved in the industry let's just say that yeah <laughs> uh yeah and uh and and so the the responses that i saw back from him sharing this mm-hmm. was nothing but amazing content uh comments a full calendar right and a lot of actual revenue because he's a crafty dude who has little products that you pay for here and there and gets people in. And so, yeah, he's just selling things like crazy left and right center. I think I know who it is. I want to ask you after we wrap. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Cause if you it prob- is, you probably do. Okay. If it is, <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to him on WhatsApp the other day. Just telling me, yeah. some, just telling me some cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I need to talk about That's funny. Okay. Awesome. Great. Yeah. I, I think the, yeah, the best stuff I've seen like that, is like mm-hmm. either valuable data like that, like a database of some sort, even if it's disparate data that's organized, that's easy yeah. to filter and get through because that's valuable yeah. or some type of like small piece of software, like a Chrome extension or something that automates something that is kind of like a pain to do, but you know, that makes it easier. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. You got it, man. And so then there's then there's two more sections. And these are ones that are really easy. Everybody in sales knows these ones. We have a little bit of a different spin on how we actually execute them. And that's something that I'm going to reserve for the course <laughs> for our program. But this the third part is ask. So it's literally your sales time. This is where you're actually going to present your offer in a way that gets people to want to review, like want to talk to you and, and evaluate your solution. Okay. Uh, then the fourth one, simple release. So ask, or sorry, connect, ask, connect, give, ask, release. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry, it's just like the breakup, right? Hey, I've been reaching out. I'm gonna reach out in a bit. I'm gonna hold off for now and, and reach out in a bit. Got it. So this ask is the ask portion, multiple touch points where you're yeah. following up. Okay. Yeah. Anything in there? Like how, around how you craft your asks or any sort of thesis you have around that? The one thing is, is that you want to ask without asking. I like to get people's agreement as opposed to asking them flat out, you know, give me 15 minutes of your time. I find that when you're in the prospecting phase, you're just trying to get some type of engagement back mm-hmm. so that somebody wants to engage with you. Mm-hmm. And as much as they're on your prospecting list, and you think they might be qualified, they might not be qualified at all. So that conversation that you have back, the way they respond, just like I was talking about with the managers, 
the way people respond back to you indicate whether they are qualified or not. There are times when I book conversations, I get conversations with people on my prospecting list, and I don't even want to have the meeting. Even if they ask, I might just pl- uh, politely refuse because I can tell that they're not the right fit for my solution. Mm-hmm. Right? Got it. This ask portion is really about generating that conversation, asking for the next step. Ask, okay. Asking for commitment. Yeah. Asking it's, for commitment. Okay. Yeah. So it, it could be, I mean, I have seen people you know, get really creative with our, uh, with our uh, hero email messaging and have really creative asks where they ask for the meeting without asking for the meeting. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, What's an uh, example of that? Ask without asking. Uh, I don't know if I want to give that away. <laughs> 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 Got to reserve something for the program, you know? <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, and the break, the release is that final breakup there. Um, That's right. Okay. How many times do you follow up with people? I like to stick with between about 12 to 14 touches in an outbound sequence. Nice. Yeah. And that incorporates all three, uh, all three channels I mentioned. Uh, Um, Social phone, email. Yeah. Got it. And if you get creative, if you, you know, you use Sendoso or something like that and you send DM always like to do that as well, but that's not for every sales team. (laughs) Got it. And and over how long typically is that? Uh, Typically about three weeks, 15 business days. Okay. I do recommend some people in certain industries to go a little bit longer on that connect phase, you know, warm Mm -hmm. them up a little bit more because they might not post as much. So they might not be on social as much, but it really depends on how motivated you are to get started. I do also coach people that if you're antsy and you want to fill your funnel now, you can absolutely shorten that connect phase. But just remember, it's only maybe a week longer than your regular sales sequence. So it's okay to take a little bit more time at the beginning and it will all work out in the end. <laughs> Got it. And how long is that connect phase typically for most people? About a week. Okay. Where mm-hmm. you're engaging with them, getting on their radar. That's right. Okay. And going back to the example of the uh, company we were discussing that sells to sales leaders, rev ops, if we could briefly touch on kind of like, the gist of how you took, like, were they on, they're selling to salespeople and rev ops, but I assume they're on LinkedIn. They're connected to people on LinkedIn. Okay. Salespeople all over LinkedIn, of course. Yep. What did they give away in that give step? And they give, I'm trying to remember now, it's a few months ago. They gave, I believe they gave a free uh, audit of their tech stack, like of their data. Mm-hmm. But they that was like the secondary give. There was a there was one just before that. <laughs> so it was, I think it was like a yeah, it was like a scorecard. It was an activity scorecard. Something where they the prospect could use their own data to see. Yeah. So they could identify, like they could do the calcul the quick calculation of like how many hours they're wasting through all this and how much like how much efficiency they're losing based on having multiple different systems that aren't connected. I think that's the most powerful stuff is whenever you can contextualize your offering with somebody can use their own data and map their own data to it to see how it's specific to them before making any sort of commitment, before getting on the phone, before signing anything, right? You even give yeah. it up their email address to sign up for something. They're able to do that. So that's really powerful. And then you exactly. put them on the ask, the release, anything you can tell us about the ask portion with them on that. They actually did, 
they were one of the ones that actually did directly ask for the meeting. Mm-hmm. And their audience was actually very uh, receptive to it. They flat out asked for 10, 15 minutes on, on the calendar. And it actually worked out really well for them. Very cool. And results-wise, bringing it home, what did, um, you know, we had SCR at two to four meetings before working with them and you work with them for, you put them through the eight week program. Yeah. I actually did more of a coaching, like a group coaching. It wasn't a formalized program at the time that I did that with them, but I did the same things we cover in the group coaching. Something you do for like teams, multiple people at one company. Exactly. Exactly. Basically in the second month, so four weeks into them uh, to working with me, they hit their target for the first time, booked 11 meetings, uh, sorry, 12 meetings, 11 showed. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's the most impressive part. The 11 people showed up. Yeah. Awesome. Again, it's all about quality, Morgan, right? Like it's about when your messaging is down and we talked about at the beginning of this, right? When you know exactly who you're selling to and the problem you solve, and you can speak eloquently to that, mm-hmm. the, the quality of the, the no-shows go down, the quality of the conversations you have go up, and even the negative responses are better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They leave me. It's not just like an outright no with no context. It's, you know. No, because. No, here's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or exactly. not right now because this, which is, which is much better. And that 12 meetings booked with the 11 showed, in what length of time did they set that in? Three weeks. Three weeks. So more than, what is it? Five, six X, what they were doing before. Yep. Around that. Yep. Um, over that. Awesome. Yeah. Jeff Swan, outboundsos.com. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate hearing about your company, your process. I appreciate you going in depth and, and sharing with the listeners. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. It's been, a, it's been fun. Awesome. You have a good one. You too. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.